0: This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. With me this week are two amazing, fantastic human beings, Brian Murray. Hello. And Kate Scotchless. Hello. Thank you both for joining me this week. It's going to be an awesome week. I'm feeling like absolute garbage, and I'm hoping that you two are feeling better than me so you can carry the show and I can take a little bit of nap during the second (laughs) half. Um... Are you sick? Like, don't drink don't
1: drink a lot, kids.
0: That's I'll what I'll, I'll just oh, say okay. right now. I'll be
1: honest, I'm hungover for the first time since college today. So
0: Wow. All right. So we're 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 firing on all cylinders this week. <laughs> let me let me ask you guys a question I asked every single week. How have you been? How have comic books been? I guess we'll start with you, Kate. Maybe your energy will get me and Brian in the mood to be awake, I guess. <laughs>
2: oh. Bad news. Bring bring to, I've been I've been physically life, ill. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. No, Kate. <laughs> we're all dead this week. Uh-huh. This is bad. I read comic books. <laughs> Thank you. We're all going to go take a nap. Okay, how have you been, though? How have you been? How have comic books been? All that stuff.
2: I've been good. Um, I've been feeling a little better, and classes started back up, and uh, so, like, getting back in the groove of normal schedule after having three weeks off, so I need, like, a break to recover from break. You know what I'm saying? It was a, bu- <laughs> it was a busy break. I deserve a break. So I read some comics. A lot of what I read, I'm including stuff I read over break because this past week has been a little crazy. But I have been working on uh, Black Hammer. So this one, I think I talked before, like Nick got these for me for my birthday, which is amazing because he's the best. And I had already read the first arc but I couldn't remember what happened well enough, and I now had all of it to reread in digital without having to bust open my floppies, so I'm mm-hmm. rereading the first arc to then read arc two, and it's as wonderful as I remembered.
0: Such a pretty book. Such a pretty book.
2: <sighs> right? That Dean Ohmstrom... Nope, Ormston. There we go. Yes. He does amazing work on it, and it's it's just all-around wonderful. I also have been reading Star Wars Legacy Volume 1, uh, that's the 2006 Dark Horse uh, run. I got that in that big Star Wars sale over the holidays.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: And it's different. Like,
0: you go okay. into it, like, the only
2: <laughs> Star Wars comics I'd ever read are the Marvel ones, which are Big budget, right? Put your best pe- put your Jason Aaron on it and your best artists and like all that stuff because we're yeah. Marvel and we have money and we just paid a ton of money for this, so it's gonna work. Whereas, like if you rewind and go to like the early two thousand Star Horse stuff, it's like we have we're not putting our best people on this. I mean, they're not bad. In fact, it's for what it is, really good art. Mm-hmm. But it's it's very very different than the Marvel runs. And so this series is about you fast forward into the future by I think like 100 years and um, the Sith have conquered the Empire and the Jedi are all scattered again and the galaxies again divided in at war in a shocking turn of events and so there's Cade Skywalker who's the last Skywalker and like hair to the legacy so he has to figure out how to be an awesome Jedi and so far in my reading he's not awesome or Jedi yet He's like maybe Jedi. I don't know, but he's getting there. But it's like if you if you go back to like old Dark Horse. Oh, it's not even that old. But like, where every dude has like zero percent body fat, and there's no such thing as a woman without woman without a big chest, like.
0: Oh hell yeah!
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I'm like, why are there so many veins in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> so,
0: Star Wars becomes completely veins. <laughs> yeah. Like, fast forward a thousand years, and it's just
1: veins. <laughs> right? That's all that it is. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I will. point out, Kate, that 2006 was 12 years ago.
2: <sighs> it's not that long ago. That was like I graduated. That's more
1: than a third of my life ago uh, yeah
2: yeah i mean <laughs> it's strange like anything in the 2000s doesn't feel that long ago to me so
1: yeah i mean i and was then you graduating realize high, high was... that year but right yeah
2: right. yeah i was in college so <laughs> i also have been rereading i kill giants for our goodreads book of the month discussion hell yeah uh, it, that's which
0: unsarcastic hell yeah
2: I, right it is one of my all-time favorite uh graphic novels and completely perfect in every way.
0: Yeah, so. such a good pick by Danny and Philip. Like, I'm so glad that they were, imme- like, they immediately knew what they wanted to read, because I think that book's been nominated for the Book of the Month, like, <laughs> like, a dozen times at least.
2: Right? I know. And I always want it to win, and it never does, so I'm really glad they picked that. And then my other reread has been uh, Batwoman. I, I went to try and read issue seven and realized that I hadn't finished the first arc, so... I reread Batwoman number three through six. Which I think only six was not a reread, I think. But, you know, it was long enough not to go. I don't really remember. Like, you know that that feeling when comiXology says it's been read and you're like, has it been, though? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I have oh, yeah. no I get that memory of this. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this is Marguerite Bennett writing and Steve Epting on art for three and four. And then Stephanie Hans is on issue five. Please never give me anything but Stephanie Hans Batwoman ever again. It's the most mm-hmm. beautiful, perfect thing. And then six is Eddie Barrows, who, after Stephanie Hans, Anyone, wouldn't look great. But he's also, not I don't like as much as Steve Epting's art, so that was a little disappointing. But the big thing is, like, issue six is a big what-the-fuck. Because it's a Detective Comics tie-in that makes zero sense if all you read is Batwoman. And there's no, like, preface saying, like this is a totally different thing. And so you just pull it, like, with your regular comics, like I did, and then you get this issue, and you're like, and that's why I had stopped reading, it turns out. As I got to that, I was like, what the fuck? Um, And it's like, fast forward into the future, Batwoman's, like, at war with Batman, who's become, like, taken over Gotham and this and that. It's very strange. And it's, like, the perfect example of a poorly done event. Um, The event itself was the fall of the Batman. Uh, which was for Detective Comics because, but the issue for Batwoman is a huge waste of money and really frustrating if all you're reading is Batwoman because it like makes no sense and there's mm-hmm. no issue eight goes right back to the norm or sorry issue seven goes right back to the normal Batwoman storyline that was happening in your comic before that so it's just this oh. one issue that's completely <laughs> okay. out of context and has no resolution unless you go buy Detective Comics and I was just that's like what a huge you, waste of money that's Ugh. how they get you well the (sighs) joke's on them because i'm not reading detective comics it was not (laughs) a good enough like thing to make me want to go buy more stuff but um yeah so that's about where i've been
0: well good i mean it sounds like you at least read some good comics oh um, yeah you know mixed in with some just that one
2: issue everything else was good
0: cool brian what about you how have you been how have uh, comic books been what have you been up to, all that jazz?
1: I've been good. Been uh, Now that the new year has kicked in, I'm starting to get a lot of job interviews lined up, so that's exciting.
0: Hooray. nice. Um,
1: every has started hiring again. For comics, I haven't done a whole lot of reading lately. I did pick up uh, Dark Fang number one after listening to Tia talk about number two on mm-hmm. uh, last week's episode. And I saw that number one was only $2 on Comixology, so I picked it up, gave it a read. Um, it is every bit as good as Tia made it sound. It's just Is a, this
2: the Vampire Climate Change book? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it, it starts with her, like, climbing out of the ocean, and uh, it opens on her uh, killing this guy who is basically watching, like, a cam girl porn show on his phone and being like fascinated by this token economy that apparently these things have and so okay. she decides to become a cam girl because vampires got to make money <laughs> but she basically <laughs> sure. just like sits in front of the camera and uses her vampire powers to mind control people and just like takes all their money and then makes them set themselves on fire nice it's uh you know it's what I would do if I had mind control so uh i also read uh that's funny that kate's reading old star wars i was reading new star wars uh i missed the action like the official star wars title as the new marvel comics all came out and Mm -hmm. so my library's hoopla app recently got access to some of those so i went back and read the first two volumes uh volume number two was my favorite just because it introduced us to uh the planet or the moon of narshada which is called the smuggler's moon in a lot of the old canon stuff mm-hmm. and that was always kind of like one of my favorite places in star wars because it was the imagine the moss eisley cantina but planet sized and that was narshada and so it's always cool. just been this like this teeming mass of you know hundreds thousands of different species you know, different languages being thrown out all over the place, and it's also kind of a kind of a rough and tumble place where bad things happen to good people. So, I really enjoyed getting a chance to really see that, and uh, the illustrators on these issues, uh, Stuart Immonen and Simone Bianchi, both did a great job of kind of bringing this planet to life. Uh, Jason Aaron is on writing for this. As as Kate mentioned, you put your Jason Aaron's on Star Wars. And <laughs> they sure did. My favorite thing in this was uh and I'm I'm I might I might misremember the name. I think it was Gracchus. Gracchus the hut. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Who's just like he's a hut, but he's like a big muscly hut, which I thought was really yeah. cool, and he walks around <laughs> on these like cybernetic spider legs.
0: Oh yeah. That oh such a fucking cool character. Sorry, sorry. Yeah,
1: no, it's 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 one of those things where I saw that and I was like, "Oh, I mean, of, of course there would be huts who did something like that. They're not all just going to sit around on sleds like jabba did." <laughs> right. And then I was like, "That name sounds so familiar. Is he in something else?" And it turns out he is. He's in Podameron. There's an arc in Podameron where he has to break into like an ex-imperial super prison. Mm-hmm. So in this Star Wars book, we see Gracchus being arrested by the Imperials. And then in Poe Dameron, we run into him in this prison, and Poe has to, like, deal with him. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: so... I I, I haven't read the Star Wars series, so that's actually... That's super cool.
1: Yeah. It was really really neat to have that tie and be like, wait a minute. I've seen this slug before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Other than that, you know, I've been just trying to keep up on TV. You know, we've had a lot of comics TV coming out with Runaways and stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. What about you, Mike? What you been up to?
0: Oh, you know, um I made a big huge statement on Twitter that I was gonna cut some books from my pull list. So I've been studying that, um, figuring that out. Uh, but I did read a bunch of comic books as well. I read Grass Kings number one through six because Nick spent like an hour crying to me about how no one ever wants to <laughs> read this book and he's <laughs> he never gets to talk about it. And so <laughs> he wasn't crying by any means he was he was just saying he's like god damn it i just want this to be you know a book that a lot of people read and talk about and i was like okay well i'll read it and you and i can have a big huge mini so discussion about it so i read i read one through six um so nick and i can record a mini so this uh, this week um that
2: is a great series
0: and it is it's, it's a really cool series like the first six issues it's it reads like a like a it's like a it's a good mystery book i'll say that it's got a lot of mystery to it because there's there's some stuff in there that i didn't catch the first time i read the first four issues and then upon a sec the second time reading and then getting five and six um i was like oh man he like lays some plot lines very early on in the first issue that you just think are throwaway lines and it turns out they're much bigger than that i really appreciate Mm -hmm. that about the book this is matt kent and tyler jenkins um if you haven't read grass kings like you know i think we've talked about it quite a bit on the show we'll be doing a whole minisode about that um, but it's it's essentially about a, a small patch of land somewhere in the United States where these people live in a lawless they live in their own little kingdom they call it um, that doesn't really uh, adhere to the local law or the state law or the federal law they're just like their own kind of you know law system or whatever and they're ruled by this guy who's a king quote in heavy quotes there um there's a lot that goes into it and it's it's kind of a question of why are all the people that live in this city living there? Um, not everybody's going to have a nice clean past. You don't just go live in some non-regulated area that has like a s- weird feudal system for for no reason. So it's 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 really cool. It's a really cool
1: book. I, I will say that Tyler Jenkins' art is fantastic. I'm gonna go on a limb here and wager that it's uh, a lot of white people who set up this uh, lawless kingdom. Um, no, it's actually a mix ah. mix
0: of uh, some Native Americans, um, some other people of colors. Like no, there's no like direct tie to say like oh, there's an Asian person. You know, it's it's nothing like that. It's but they, it's a mix of white people and non-white people, um, throughout. It's 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 got some ties back to I think some Native American history. Again, I don't know any more than like we haven't seen a lot of uh, character study in this mm-hmm. book, and apparently the next arc gets into that, like focusing on a couple characters in the Grass Kingdom talking about why they're there and maybe seeing a little bit about their past. So I I, I look forward to reading more of this book because it kicks ass from that point of view.
1: I just know that if they didn't have white people, they would have rolled in the tanks by now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see. Oh, see that's that's the whole that's the whole first arc is is talking about how the law the city that this kingdom resides in as far as the United States is concerned how the, the the police really don't care for it because they think that there's a serial killer that lives in their midst and that they're hiding him and that you know these people don't care about the law so they break the law all the time and all this stuff and it kind of like points it the way that you know like this this ongoing fight between you know the the man and the regular people um, about how like it feels like the government's kind of trying to keep you down um, but they make a great point at one point in the first six issues to talk about like you know when you need the law work we have to be there for you but when you want to disobey and you don't want to follow the rules then you yell at us for you know encroaching on your property and stuff like that um, and so there's some commentary in there about all of this um, I, and I think Kent does a good job of trying to be objective in his writing and giving characters different voices to argue with each other about those various topics i mean there's a clearly like a you know one person's overstepping their bounds and you know people are have like personal vendettas against other and so they use the, what what power they have to to damage the other but yeah it's again there's there's a lot that goes into this book and that's why we're going to do a whole mini because i think that there's a lot to unpack with this book um cool because it's you know it's not capes it's just like regular people Oh, I'm I mean, it's to always it. fun.
2: The really important key point, though, is Tyler Jenkins' watercolors. Mm.
0: Yeah, Tyler it's Jenkins' work. all you need to know. Work, <laughs> yeah. it, I mean, and I'll go into this more on the mini-sode, but Tyler Jenkins, you wouldn't... Like, he also did work on Snowblind, which we talked about. Yep. But um, I didn't recognize this as being the same guy who did the art on Peter Panzerfaust at first. And if you read Peter Panzerfaust, and I talked about this in the Snowblind episode, but if you read peter panzerfaust and you look at the art and then you read grass kings there's no way in hell you could really tie those two together unless you like sat them side by side and went oh holy shit this is the same penciler this is the same person doing the art yeah it's so impressive to see the range on this guy his
2: faces are kind of similar in the two Uh, yeah yeah Um, yeah but his his work does look a lot different when he's the one coloring it
0: totally totally otherwise my the other stuff that i read (laughs) i also read uh runaways number five read that this morning fucking love this book rainbow Rowell, chris anka matt wilson jo- joe caramagna like oh my goodness this book is so fantastic and we're finally ramping up fighting some bad bad guys kind of um there's this perfect perfect moment where chase jumps into a room and he's got victor mantra's head strapped to his chest and the faces <laughs> they're making is that's the funniest thing i've seen in a very long time um, so I really appreciate what Chris Anka is doing with the art. He, I love following him on Twitter and hear, hearing him talk about his process and showing like character costumes per issue, um, because he he really spends time trying to make these people look like unique individuals, and I you can you can totally feel it when you're reading the book. And Matt Wilson's colors are just phenomenal. Like that's he, he's a he's a top tier. He's top tier colorist as far as I'm concerned.
2: Are they making it match the show?
0: i have no idea i haven't watched the show yet
1: no this is basically like a couple years in the future of the original runaways canon whereas Mm -hmm. the show is wildly divergent from the original runaways it's i think it's still good right but which we're going to talk about um
0: so yeah that great book as always let's see i also read sleepless number two which was tia's pick last week um holy fucking shit this is the greatest fantasy comic you can read right now that's that's all i'll say um it's I mean, it's gorgeous. Lila Del Luca's art, just holy shit. I, I can't even get over how fucking awesome this book is. And we're two issues in. Um, and there's so much world building. I love it. Um, finally, I did read Redlands number one through four. Um, I realized I was a couple issues behind, so I was like, I'll just reread the whole book because I wanted it to be fresh in my mind. Um, this is Jordi Belair uh, and Vanessa Del Rey. The, the book is, it's really all over the place. Like, Redlands is about these witches who live in this city called Redlands, Florida. And they, in the first issue, which seems to take place in the past, and you find out later it takes place in the past, um, they essentially kicked out the old police, and they become the police of the city. And what's interesting is there are three witches, the, the three main characters whose names I can't remember, but they're like Roe and... I can't remember their name so I won't try to try to just butcher them. Um, but they they become the police of the city, so they investigate all this stuff. But in being the police, it allows them to look into supernatural things and cover it up as it was regular police work. Or you know, if something bad happens and they kill somebody because they you know were a monster or whatever, they can get rid of the body and stuff like that. So they're kind of manipulating the law in their favor, but ultimately trying to be good and protect the people of the city. Of course, a handful of people know that they're witches, and because of that, it becomes a whole thing. So, having read the first four issues, I think issue five is out, and six is coming very soon. Um, this book is still pretty solid, even though the story is a little bit all over the place. But by issue four, I think things start to come back together from like this chaos of plot lines, focusing in on a single plot line to drive the story further. Um, but adding little crumbs of things for for future storylines, which I appreciate. I think Jordy Belair is is doing a fantastic job. Um, I should I don't know why I would have ever doubted her. But, you know, <laughs> she, she kind of like kicks ass in comics in general. So I, you know, her writing should be no surprise that it's just as good as her coloring.
2: So I want to hear about this massive call you did.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I. Uh, so I, I made this, I don't know, I, on Twitter I was talking about how, you know, it's, it's kind of annoying that we read comic books simply because, you know, they, you know, for instance, I was reading X-Men uh, Blue, and I'm kind of like reading this book thinking, uh, I know, like, I know Jean Grey, the young Jean Grey version, she dies so that the old Jean Grey can come back, and so I, reading X-Men Blue was kind of like, this all feels really pointless because I already know what happens. Yeah. I already know that Jean, Ga- Jean Grey goes away. And so I, I, I was talking about how, like, I just need to call all the books, pull the books out that I don't enjoy reading. And I'm only reading because I am like I, they're on my pull list. So I keep reading them or you're 20 issues in. and You're like, well, I might as well keep reading. I already read 20 issues. Right. Um, and so I sat down. I think this was on like Tuesday or Wednesday. I said this. And then that night I went home and I made a lit. I had t- pulled up my spreadsheet of all of my. <laughs> all of my comic pulls and i like they're, they're all set up where like i have a column that says are you going to drop this yes or no um and so i set up all the ones that i want to drop and then i slept on it and i woke up the next day and i looked at the list and then i added more to the list and um it ended up being like one two three four five six seven eight nine nine books that i dropped wow um because like, the, and I, I mean, I'll tell you, that some of the books were, I've dropped of War I dropped Poe Dameron, I dropped X-Men Blue, Archie, Punisher, Outcast, They're Not Like Us, Animosity, and Curse Words. And the, there, there's a lot of reasons why I think why I dropped in each individual one, but I think ultimately my thought was, am I going to miss these books? Because I think right now a lot of them are chores. Like I see them on my yeah. list and I go, oh, I got another issue of this book that I need to read um and it's interesting because some of them like archie or po dameron or and animosity and I, I just i just talked about this i think um in terms of animosity but um all these books are books that i go oh i got another issue of this and i go oh, okay i guess it's time to read it and i read it and i always go yeah that book was really good but that that feeling fades very very quickly yeah and i'm never looking forward to another issue of that book um and so i figured i dropped them and if i want to get back to them in the future i can always try to get them on discount cuz like these are all digital books right and so if i want to get back that into these books yeah it makes it so much books, easier get, yeah. yeah it makes it so much easier so if i want to get back into them i can always just go buy them on a super sale or wait till you know there's a big SDCC sale or you know emerald city or whatever conventions going on there's always a big sale around that time and i can just pick up the back issues for a buck each rather than pay up front i realize like Kind of goes against a lot of what we were talking about. We we talk about on the show about pre-ordering and buying books that you know deserve that need the the counts. And I think books like Animosity definitely do. Um, but it's but should you be buying books simply for the sake of I think that this you know this creator deserves this book because um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with Marguerite Bennett's writing. But I I just like that book. I, I think I would like it more if it was in a collected format or I'm reading, you know, five or six issues in a row because then the momentum will stay and I'll feel like really, really into the story. Whereas month to month, I don't really feel that way. Yeah. That book in
2: particular reads much better in trade.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I'm kind of torn because this is where this is what always prevented me from dropping books in the first place is it's like, you know, I don't want this book to get canceled, but I don't want to read it right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's only so so much you can do. I mean, you have limited funds, and if you're spending all your money on stuff you're not excited for, it very quickly stops being exciting to get comics at all. Like, I've I've definitely had that point where, on my pull-up times, where I'm like, I need to just do a big shake-up, because I am no longer excited to go down on Wednesdays. So... I don't know, like we, yeah. we've been talking on the Goodreads group, there's a thre- discussion thread going right now about our favorite comic books of 2017, and that got me thinking about the same kinds of things, like what was I really into and still feel great about from last year, and like what yeah. did what are, were other people really into that maybe were off my radar that I should look into, and like maybe, like you were saying, on a sale you can get a lot of this stuff or from the library for a lot of these now, or old mm-hmm. enough to get a trade or two. I think that's a good a good point you made. Where like a lot of stuff, it'll be fun to read in the moment, but only sort of, and then that fades very quickly. And at that point, like, why am I purchasing it?
0: Right, and I, I it's weird because I like I said I don't want to not support some of these creators, but. I don't know, like it. You know, I do. I really owe them like my money simply because I want to support them. I think I'd much rather spend my, you know, two or three dollars a month or three or four dollars a month, more likely, um, like backing a Patreon where I just get some stuff. To say like, hey, I like what you do. Just keep it up, right? Keep yeah. up the good work.
2: <laughs> I agree, and that's also. I mean, obviously, our comics budgets are different, and for me, if I'm getting certain things, that means I, it's definitely to the exclusion of other stuff. And I think there's something to be said for supporting the stuff you want to read, not just like so, like supporting good comics or like really yeah, good. You know what I mean? Like compelling yeah. comics. Like I, I, I don't know. That's well. That, I
0: mean, that was part of the that was part of the thing that I said. You know, it's like I want to just read good comics this year. Yeah, I'm going to exactly. cut the stuff that I think is okay. And I want to read books that make me excited. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, some of these books were in that boat. And I, I, I don't mean to like disrespect anybody by dropping these books and saying like, "Oh, I dropped your book," and because I'm not going to throw that in anybody's face. But fortunately, that that's what happened um, because I was not excited by the book. And yeah, I think it goes back to you should just be reading books that excite you. So that's that's where my my pull culling happened. And at this point I'm still thinking I might drop another handful of books. Um because like my list is big and it's full of books that but the thing is my, my list is also big but it's full of books that are like miniseries. So Oh I see for instance, you know, I've got like the Batman slash shadow crossover event. Yeah. I wasn't really into it, but I got three issues in, and there's only three issues left, so I'm just going <laughs> to buy them all.
2: That was me you with Death of X. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> and there's only yeah, two more. Yeah. I'm halfway you got halfway through. in, and then you're yeah. just like, shit. Yeah. So, I
0: mean, it, I'm going to be losing a bunch of books in the future anyways, and that's nice. And maybe I'll just, you know, instead of buying more comics, I'll just not pull anything new and uh, just read all of the fucking back issues, because I know that I've bought so many books over the last year and a half that I haven't read, and I've been oh like, gosh, oh, yeah, I should read right? all of authority. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Anyways, so <laughs> let's talk about... <laughs> what we are going to read, you know, yeah. What we are going to read, and we are excited about this upcoming week. So, Brian, let's start with you, because what the fuck is this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, my pick for this week is uh, Ice Cream Man number one. Okay. <laughs> Coming out of Image Comics. It's uh, W. Maxwell Prince and Martin Morazzo on this book, Um. The way it was described to me is that it's kind of going to be like a uh, a series of, of one shot issues that are going to be about like the ways in which people's lives are awful, and then there's this kind of okay. like <laughs> like I don't know if he's like like some kind of trickster god or something, but this ice cream man that sort of like. Binds it all together or something. I I, I really have no idea. Um, and that's exciting. <laughs> but it's it's image, so I'm willing to take a chance on it. Like sure. Because if somebody told me about you know a book about pop star gods that are all going to be dead in two years, I would have thought that was weird as hell too. But mm-hmm. I picked it up and I'm still reading it. So right, maybe I right. can take a chance on ice cream, man. <laughs> and if it's bad then i just won't keep reading it but
0: i hope it's good simply because the cover like if you google ice cream man a couple weird things come up period (laughs) (laughs) this book does happen to
1: come up in the list um and it looks kind of creepy so (laughs) it's exciting the the description i've got here is uh chocolate vanilla existential horror drug addiction musical fantasy there's a flavor for everyone's misery (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right so i was like yeah okay. let's do this i'm on i'm in <laughs> cool
0: that's cool kate what are you excited for this week
2: i'm excited for batwoman number 11 now disclaimer the most recent issue i've read is number six so like don't don't at me if this arc is bad um But it, it, according to Amazon, is the end of the second arc, according to their info for volume two of this series, which has the wrong artist listed. So who knows if this is actually the last issue, but it makes sense, sort of. Just count wise, it would make sense. Um, Okay. Kate Perkins is writing instead of Marguerite Bennett uh, for some reason. I don't know. She's on, Kate Perkins is on 11 and 12, and then Marguerite Bennett's back for 13, Tinian stopped assisting at number six, so he's not on this arc at all. Um, Scott Godlewski, maybe I'm butchering that, I don't know, um, but he's doing art instead of Fernando Blanco, who uh, took over from Epting at number seven, so he's Fernando Blanco's on the rest of the uh, second arc, and he's also back with number 13, so it looks like maybe 11 L 12 will be their own little thing. Okay. Um, but anyway, I'm excited because I want to read the entire second arc all at once. And so I want this to come out so then I can sit down with all of it and just do a straight read through. And it'll be interesting to see what it's like with different artists and potentially some different writers in there and all that. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, well, for me this week, I'm excited for Kill or Be Killed, number 15. My pull list is surprisingly small i don't really know league of comic geeks is weird now that i've been switched i switched over to them um i i don't know well we need to talk about that
2: i need to switch there's a whole
0: there's a whole thing uh we we could talk about that after the show or something but anyway so killer be killed number 15 is out next week um this is from ed brubaker and sean phillips uh betty Brightreiser on colors um this is the this is a new arc dylan has to confront the demon that is within him or is it within him it's maybe it's in his head maybe it's actually a demon um, this is a solid book every single month. So if you haven't been reading killer be killed, the <laughs> premise is a 20 something kid at some point starts to, or in, or in New York city, he sees a demon or he basically, this demon comes to him and says, I can, you know, I can make your life better, but all you have to do is kill one person a month for me. Um, so he starts doing that. Uh, and then he realized, or he says, I can't do it and tries to put off killing someone and after a month he becomes deathly ill Um, and so in this deathly ill state he's like "All right, maybe I do have to go kill someone so he finds this criminal, kills the criminal, feels better the next day, totally fine and he feels better than better. Um, So as the story progresses we learn more and more about Dylan, about his family, about his relationships, about his father Um, his dad used to be an artist and he drew a bunch of stuff, maybe it's tied to this demon Um, and there's a whole other like thing with the Russian mob. So, of course, as you start killing people, you start killing people in mafias and big organized crime families, I guess. I guess that's the natural thing. And uh, the story gets complicated. So, issue 15 is the beginning of a new arc um, where the cover is, the, is Dylan, the main character, in his red mask that he wears when he kills people um, in a straitjacket. So, I'm really interested to see what happens because this book kicks ass and it has since issue one every issue like this is one of those books that I really 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 look forward to every month Um, not only because it's an Ed Brubaker Sean Phillips joint but also because the story is really good Um, so and there's a lot of really cool stuff in the back if you're into pulp fiction and 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 things like that Uh, there's a lot of really cool essays that have that only show up in the single issues and they make that disclaimer on every issue so good stuff coming I'm excited. I think the first two trades are out for this book, too. So, if you're interested, you can definitely go find those for pretty cheap. I'm, I'm certain that the first volume, like a lot of popular image trades, is only 10 bucks. So, it is, 10 bucks for five issues.
2: Because you guys have talked about this so much on the show, I was like, I'm going to pick that up. And I... I'm gonna pick that up in digital, and then I forgot I had gotten it in digital trade, and went and got it in physical as well. So now I have two copies, so but I've Kate never read is a it.
0: Diehard fan. <laughs>
2: I've never read it, but I unintentionally purchased it twice at this point. So
1: very nice, very yeah. nice, <laughs> and that's comics. Yep, exactly. What <laughs> <laughs> up, womp What up, womp? womp, womp. <laughs>
0: For our show this week, we are talking all about retcons, when they work, when they don't work, what it means to be a retcon, when, it, when, when retcons work in TV, when they don't, all that kind of stuff. So we, we've got a definition. We're going to start this episode as if we actually did some research, and Kate did. <laughs> Kate opened up some listicles. She read goddamn Wikipedia. This is some serious business here. So let me define a retcon for all of you really quick. A, a retcon is, according to Wikipedia... A retroactive continuity, or retcon for short, is a literary device in which established facts in a fictional work are adjusted, ignored, or contradicted by a subsequently published work which breaks continuity with the former. So, when does this work? When doesn't it work? What kind of stuff do we love and hate about comic books that do this? I mean, outside of the big two, I don't think this happens very often unless we're talking like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or you know, it, like these big, huge franchises that are out there. I'm sure Transformers has a lot of this. Um, if you've read a lot of Transformers, the old Star Wars continuity probably breaks up a lot of this, especially when the prequels came out and probably contradicted a bunch of garbage that had been written in comics. So my, my personal opinion is that retcons are tough. Um, Brian and Kate, what do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot, like, even in things that it, so, it depends on how you talk about retroactive continu- continuity, right? So, some of the stuff that I think you see that's not capes is um, updating things to match technology, like, to match oh, right. like, to match the reality when they p- were predicting stuff that then didn't come to pass, you know what I mean? Or is just different. So, like, there's things like that. But that's not usually what people think when they think ret- um, retcon. They think, like, a pretty dramatic, like, resetting of the story and changing major things. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mostly think capes with it. Uh, Star Trek did this with their m- new movie universe, and I thought they did it really well. But it is a tough one. Um, but I think it's often necessary with these big, long things that c- become really cumbersome or outdated or mm-hmm. we now know better than some of the things they were doing. Um, so you can use it to update and improve stories, but also give yourself somewhere to go with them, which I think is good, although sometimes it, it's upsetting. <laughs> Like, obviously, people get really upset about them if you like right. the I way mean, things were.
0: Right. And when you've got, like, 40 years of continuity that you have to work with, you know, we we get these retcons simply because, you know, it's it's out of necessity or, like, an, an updating or something. You know, for instance, I, I think, like, one of the things that I always think about was or, or that I that first came to mind for me I guess for this episode was in the show Gifted you know mm-hmm. uh, It's the, it's X-Men show it's got a lot of Characters that actually exist in the X-Men Universe which I fucking love um, But for instance one of the characters Blink uh, Is in the show And I don't know if they call her Blink I can't remember I don't think she's Gifted. officially I,
1: been called Blink yet
0: Okay. So but nonetheless it's it's the character Blink from the X-Men and Blink only exists in the Age of Apocalypse universe so already we're kind of like getting out of the weird we're pulling on the weird like X-Men line to say like okay hold on let's let's figure out these specific technicalities but nonetheless gift or in gifted Blink she opens portals with her mind and she controls them with her hands and all this stuff but if you watch the x-men days of future past movie or if you read any books that feature blink you know that she like throws these red jewels out and they hit against reality and open portals which i I already like we're already in weird territory with that but (laughs) um the the fact that they change that um for the show probably to make it a lot easier to to do and to for the actor to actually try to do something um it works i i consider it like a retcon because it's the same character but um yeah, yeah. It, 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 it works but it's not it's not the original character and everyone should go read the series exiles which is like a 16 volume x-men story that you don't need any real x-men knowledge to read it's fucking amazing um but that's only six only there. 16 volumes only 16 only 16 but it's about like dimension hopping x-men like teams that are forced to go fix other universes because this alien race broke them it's so good it's so good
2: so that's a, that seems like a really common reason though, like to that you were talking about for the X Men show is like that accommodating what you want to have happen in the future. So you change things to make it either work for film, for like for a different medium, or to make it so that you can do future storylines with a character. So like bringing back characters that were dead, like um, one of the ones that ends up on all these listicles I was reading is that Jean Grey isn't really dead because she died in X Men One Thirty Seven, but then they're like, right. oh that sucks, we like Jean Grey, bring her back. Um, yeah. They did well, the same. I mean,
0: in her character, I mean, you think about it. She's called the Phoenix, right? She's dealing with the Phoenix Force. It's all about rebirth. <laughs> so, like, if you think about Kate, listen to me. You got just, if you think about it, it actually all makes sense. Deep <laughs> but they, this breaths, is how, deep breaths, Mike, deep breath. Is yeah. how someone in the writer's room justified
2: it. <laughs> but I mean, this, they did that no, with Swamp Thing. Like, Moore's Swamp yeah. Thing run was the same thing where to tie it up the old. The original swamp, th- swamp Thing, he dies. And so they're like, well, that sucks. We need more Swamp Thing. So they brought him back. Um, but he- then there's that big retcon of he's not actually H- Alec Holland. He's like, the Swamp came to life and just the Swamp thinks he's Alec Holland. It's very strange. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that also was to do with the like film and all that stuff. And then like Visions, originally the Vision was the old Human Torch, which was like an Android thing, um, gets turned into Vision. But then they're like, well, damn, we miss Human Torch. So they're like, never mind. (laughs) Vision's just his own thing. And so we can have Human Torch again. So I feel like that happens a lot. Like I'm sure there's like dozens of other examples where you're like, oh, man, we miss that character.
0: Well, I think that we, we see more retcons from things in the past where there's like this, an esta- this established thing in the 60s or 70s. Right. And then later in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, they're like, well, did that actually happen? And then they gaslight the shit out of you, right?
1: Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about it in those terms before, but it's <laughs> not wrong. I
0: mean so it's 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 something that I you know the it's making up for past storylines that kind of put things into a dead end which is why we don't see a lot of dead ends nowadays. Right. Books just kind of end, characters rarely die. Um and when they do for in, in for the in, in the perfect example is like, you know, Nightcrawler dies for one of the one of the most be- in the one of the most beautiful ways in Messiah Complex way back in the day, uh, back in the day like 7 years ago or something. <laughs> and uh He he dies and it's very noble and it like breaks your heart. Like Nightcrawler is one of my favorite characters, and so the fact that he sacrificed himself for something that he believed would save the world because he believed in in Hope Summers so much that he was willing to die for her, and then he does. It was it was such an amazing story, and I was like, good, like what a what a way to do a huge character death and make it really really important. And not two or three years later, you know, he's back in Amazing X Men because the X Men go to heaven. I guess and they they have to fight uh, they have to fight the pirate devil which is also Nightcrawler's dad Um, (laughs) so the X-Men you know it's full it's all over with that Um, and and those seem to be the the only examples I'm coming up with but you know Gwen Stacy coming back to life it was like kind of a big thing Um, you know she came back to life and then like ended up having kids with Harry Osborn and that's a whole thing that Marvel really doesn't like to touch anymore Uh, I think you Um, mean Norman Osborn or Nor- Norman Osborne, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah, is even no, creepier. the old one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old guy. Um, and, and, you know, so it's, it's, it's not just X-Men. It is a, a lot of superheroes. And, of course, we've got three people that are all Marvel-leaning. So we probably don't know too much about the DC side of continuity things. But th- that's what Infinite Crisis was, right? Like, Barry Allen undid all of the terrible events by running around the Earth and, like, reversing time or something. Yeah, and I that mean, fixes that's everything. what New
2: 52 was. Like, that whole... Yeah. That was all. Re- yeah. That was all retcons and reboots and everything. Right. I know, well, like- I mean.
0: And that's the thing about retcons, though, because they, they're implying that there is one singular continuity. Yeah. And if you get away from that idea, then these quote-unquote retcons just become new stories.
2: Right, exactly.
0: But we, we want to hold on for some reason that we have this modern take of, like, we want to hold on to one single continuity, except for when we don't. Like Old Man Logan or Old Man Hawkeye. You know, when we want these cool little extra universal things that happen, you know, that's, uh, that's a that's, whole other that's thing. That's the beauty
1: of the multiverse, though. Like, the ability to do this weird non-traditional story with this character and be like ah it's cool this is in the 915 universe or something like that yeah and this is why you should all read Exiles because that's what the whole series is about just saying (laughs) my favorite example I'm looking it up right now Mike (laughs) my (laughs) I'm gonna call you and tell you how much I hated it
0: So excited! The first arc is going to make you furious, Brian. So, um, sorry, Kate. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Well, my my favorite recent example was that two fa- two thousand fifteen um, Marvel in in the Uncanny Aven- Avengers run from two thousand fifteen, which was very nice, and you should go read if you can. Um, but they made it so Scar... They did a retcon so that Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver aren't mutants because Marvel wants them in their movies yeah. and they can't be mutants in the movies. So they're like... And like legally they can have them as long as they don't use their X-Men names or whatever. So they're like... um, So like originally they had the Golden Age heroes Miss America and the Wizard were parents, right? And then yeah. for all our lives like they've been Dad Nito and Magda, right? Yeah. And so then they get all that weird twin-cest storylines and you're like... Ugh. And then they, um, so in Uncanny Avengers, they fixed that and fixed their movie problems, because this was right around when they were announcing that they were going to be in the movies for the first time. Um, And so then they're like, actually, they're like, adoptive parents, uh, Django and Maria Maximoff have been their parents all along. They're actually failed experiments of the high evolutionary, not mutants. And so they're not really oh! twins, they're not, there's no Dad Nito, they're not X-Men, they're not, like, all that stuff okay. gets undone. But it's like, so it's, it is a retcon in, this, in that it's changing the past, but, like, it does it within the story where it's revealed to them. Like, oh, I didn't know this about myself, and they, like, go and, fi- like, all this stuff, yeah. But yeah, that's how Marvel did it, so they're like, now we can use them, and it makes sense. <laughs> like, uh,
1: yeah.
0: See, ugh. see, that's funny, though, because they just retcon that again. Yeah, I know. In, in X Men Grand Design, right? They have so they, many parents. <laughs> yeah, in X Men Grand Design, Ed Pisker, he he's writing. I think the official like history of Marvel, Marvel's X Men, at this point, mm-hmm. um, in this series. And one of the big main points was about how Magneto disappears in the '60s, and he or '70s or whatever, and he goes and lives on this mountaintop with this woman, Magda, and they have kids, and it ends up being Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, if I'm not mistaken. So, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, okay, I guess they're back to being mutants.
2: In what was it, Days of Future Past? They Quicksilver. It's hinted repeatedly that Magneto's his dad, like implied over and over. So, oh yeah,
0: oh yeah, I mean, who
2: knows? But they that was. That was, I thought, a big one when they're like, oh, we went a little too too weird on the twin thing. And like, yeah. Right.
1: yeah right. So, sometimes, uh, sometimes a family is two kids. They're six maybe parents and the high evolutionary, <laughs> you know? That's...
0: Right. Yeah. So I guess the, the question is, do you guys, how do you feel about retcons then? You know, I mean, if you're reading a comic and they... And in, in, in the the storyline like you know retcon something that you know about this character and have known for a while about this character. How do you take it? Does it do you mind? Do you just kind of roll
1: with it? Um, I mean, I have thoughts, but I'll let you guys start. My my hot take is that I kind of like retcons. Yeah. Frequently things get so bogged down in continuity that it's super refreshing to see what people can come up with once we once we break the shackles of continuity you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially as a as a long star wars fan and you know feel free to send any hate mail to uh to our email and uh michael send it <laughs> on to me but yeah yeah you know i i loved the expanded universe but it was such a freaking bloated mess towards the end <laughs> like that's why that's why the story kate was talking about earlier was about Cade skywalker luke skywalker's distant descendant because every fucking minute of luke skywalker's life had already been written like <laughs> right <laughs> there's no there was no room left in the timeline to write about the main star wars characters anymore mm-hmm. so yeah. like all that crap had to go and now we can start getting cool comics like the star wars comics i'm reading
2: yeah i i feel like the same way especially since you frequently get these when they've gotten bogged down and dead ended and so you get them when you're getting kind of Not loving what's happening already like it's gotten boring or stale or whatever and that that's when they do a retcon the other thing I guess the big thing for me um is I am not someone who's been reading comics since like the 80s or 90s I started in the 2000s and so a lot of retcons are where I jumped on because they make them into they make these huge series like Batman into accessible things when you go in start like new 52 is technically a retcon right and that's when i started reading batman and you could you could jump in at that point and be like an actual jumping in on point to that universe because they had reset everything which makes it a lot easier and more interesting than trying to just have wikipedia in one hand and your comic in the other going ah
0: yeah so but that's but that's our go-to sage advice is that when you're reading comics you don't know something just look it up on wikipedia i
2: mean it's true but also (laughs) but in a perfect world
0: you don't have
1: to yeah. Right, right.
2: So I think they're good for that. They're great when they modernize things that were sexist or racist or any of the other ists, you know, um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's there's definitely like, we know better now, let's fix this um, kind of moments in comics. Yeah. I don't think I've actually read through a retcon, though, to, if we're being honest. Like, I don't read that many capes. I think all the retcons, I, when I was brainstorming this before, are things that I jumped on at the retcon because it made it a good jumping on point versus... Yeah. Which I think is also one of the big reasons they do it is to get new readers to come on board. But I don't think I've ever read through one.
0: Some of it is like if you go back and read an old comic, you know, like and, and it's wildly different, but it's about the same character that you're reading about right now, you know, how how oh, do you see. feel about, about something like that where you're like, Oh, I read this old comic and it turns out that scarlet witch and quicksilver is their mom and dad were actually miss america and the wizard why why do they keep saying that magneto is their dad yeah you know it, it can be confusing but i guess if, if you are find a role with it and understand like that these things have been retconned or been changed i mean i guess maybe it's not an issue i i don't think we see them that often nowadays but then again i don't think i'm reading enough cape books to be able to speak to it well enough um i think charles xavier being dead and then fucking red skull sealing his brain that was the most ridiculous thing that happened i don't know if that's a retcon like the the big big huge spoiler of of astonishing x-men spoilers for astonishing x-men that's coming out by now by charles soul um is that charles xavier never died <laughs> That's what I mean. Like we got to bring everybody
2: back. It's comics. The
0: last three or four years, fucking fighting wars because Charles Xavier died, Um, and then it turns out, (laughs) by the way, he's been in like this astral plane the whole time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we don't really know if that's if that's true yet. The series isn't over. We've seen some stuff. We don't know what's actually true until the end. So I, I mean, that's the thing. I, I don't, I don't really. I just roll with them because at this point, I've read so many comics where retcons have happened. That it's kind of like, all right, I guess this is how we do things. Cyclops didn't actually die for, you know, to save all the mutants. He just got sucked into an alien spaceship. I just wasted
2: my money on that miniseries.
1: Joss Whedon just decided that he was in an alien spaceship the whole time. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, like you can you can be mad about it if you want, but the comic is being retconned, whether you're happy or not. Yeah. So like, if you want to keep reading it, keep reading it. And if the retcon is too much for you, then you can. Stop pulling it, like.
2: Yeah, and the the people will say, say things like you see online a lot of like oh they ruined this comic and I'm like, the old material still exists. It doesn't change it at all. It changes what ha, what's going forward.
1: I had agents from Disney burst into my house and burn my old Star Wars books. But it's, yeah, I think that, that was happen. more something that like I had done wrong. I don't think that was <laughs> Disney. <laughs>
0: Like I deserved that. Um, so, I, you know, Kate, you bring up a good point, though, because people do get upset about this stuff and they argue. And I think on this show, for the most part, we're pretty level headed individuals and we kind of roll with the punches because that's what comics is. It's better to have comic books that are make you a little frustrated, but you can deal with than have no comics at all, I think. Yeah. And but are there times do you that you think that you could be legitimately mad at something that is retconned?
1: i think stuff like uh like what you're talking about with nightcrawler and stuff like that where a character has this beautiful very satisfying character death that then gets wiped out by something further down the line like it's it's Mm -hmm. it's one thing if like like you said the x-men like go to the afterlife and pull him back out like i don't really see that as a retcon necessarily but like sure JK Xavier was actually alive this whole time stuff like if he had had like a really satisfying death and then that just gets wiped out by he actually didn't sacrifice himself at all I can I can understand people's grievances with stuff like that Sure
2: I think they're both retcons they're just different types so you you're thinking about like when you're wiping something out that's like a subtraction type but you can also do addition type where it's like, oh, actually they were in this place or they were like, blah, 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 and they go and get it them. It was a and, mirror and, and, image and, the whole time. Right, that kind. So it's just a different type of retconning. Um, or just an alteration type is another common one where they're just like, oh, this is this now.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, versus I think the, the most grievous and the things that get the biggest like blow, pushback, I think are what you were talking about, like the subtraction where they're like, that never happened at all.
1: It was actually a dream.
2: Oh God, right? Rebirth? Yeah. <laughs>
0: so like
1: okay yeah see and this this is like one of the
0: biggest the hottest um arguments that people have and marvel has addressed it multiple times with the x-men was it during grant morrison's run on new x-men um magneto becomes this very 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 bad guy like we knew that magneto was kind of a bad guy it turns out that he's a terrible awful like human piece of garbage who will just maliciously kill people and now when you think about magneto i don't think that his intention is ever to be like we need to destroy all of humans Um, but in grant morrison's story he goes fucking crazy and just starts killing people Um, and so marvel ends up retconning that later and saying no no no, it wasn't actually magneto it was this other character disguised as magneto you (laughs) see um and, and and it was it was it was understandable because the character they talk about, his name is Zorn, he has this ability where he can kind of do anything. He's like this, uh, you know, omega god to your character. So they could justify and say, no, 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 it actually was Zorn. He just put on this fake face. And he looked like Magneto and talked like Magneto and acted like Magneto, but he wasn't actually a Magneto, he was Zorn. Um, And I I remember I've seen forum posts about this that are just yelling and screaming to no end about it um, because they didn't want Magneto to be this super awful, terrible, like, black and white killer. Um, Instead, they wanted him to still be the grayish, you know, I'm a bad guy, but not like a super bad guy character, which has always been his, his character. He's lawful evil. He's not chaotic evil exactly exactly so it's you know th- these things exist and i understand people getting mad about it but i w- i remember being very frustrated by it but i think as i've gotten older and matured <laughs> i realized that comic books are mostly like a bullshit. <laughs> yeah as i've become this big stinking smelly piece of fucking moldy garbage that people like um <laughs> i've realized that it's okay like rapping is an acquired taste Yes, exactly. So yeah, I mean, I mean, retcons exist. It's it's a thing as a part of comics. So I I guess, and so on the whole, I think it sounds like we've all we we've learned to deal with them. Is that what it is?
2: I mean, there's such a standard part of comics that you'd kind of have to, if you're going to read capes, you're going to come across it. Like it's especially since they so often now seem to do like them with line wide resets versus like individual things. Yeah, so. I mean, like, that's the the running joke of comics, right? No character's really dead.
1: Except Uncle Ben.
2: Yeah, right?
1: Well, I mean, yeah. Uncle, Uncle can, Ben has died yeah. over and over again in different ways, but he's always dead.
0: He's pretty much always dead.
2: Aquaman's kid stays dead, too.
1: It's actually not true. There mm. is an Uncle Ben who's alive in Spider-Verse. But that's, <sighs> a, why that's a different Spider-Man universe. Spider-Man <laughs> I mean, <laughs> okay, like, I reject yeah. well, I that say, I thought there was an... No, <laughs> I thought there was a universe where Uncle
0: Ben became Spider-Man. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm talking about, Spider-Man. Okay, okay, yeah, okay.
0: Oh boy, let's just talk about wacky multiverse things. Okay, speaking of multiverse, you should all read this book called Exiles that I keep <laughs> plugging. Um.
1: It's true I've actually I've actually read all sixteen volumes since Mike last mentioned wow. it, and uh, it's nice. uh, it's it's actually pretty good. So,
0: wait, yeah, sixteen thanks,
2: volumes or issues?
1: Volumes.
2: Holy crap, Mike!
1: Yeah, no. it's
0: actually I think it might be more than that. Uh, nope, it's it's exactly 16. I have them all sitting on my shelf next to me. Um, on this shelf is that is books. groaning
1: under the weight.
0: I, right? I, no joke that, that the shelf itself is literally bending. Um, so, and it's funny because I came across that book in a time when I was really just trying to read anything I could get my hands on because I was like, hey, you know what? I have a little bit of money. Why don't I spend more than I have and buy all these comics? <laughs> Who needs And so I food? did. Because I thought, you know, I was buying them on discount comic book service. And I was like, oh, yeah, these are only like $12 trades that are normally 15 Wow, what a saving. <laughs> and then I was fucking buying like 10 of them at a time. And I was like, where'd all my money go? And so I bought the first four volumes without knowing anything about the series. <laughs> I devoured them and bought the next eight. And then was buying them as they came out. Because it was still an ongoing book at the time. Because I was only reading trades. It was a wild time. And... Um, so go read that series because someone else has to appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it ran for 16 volumes, you got to think some people did. But yeah, it's it's a good book. And it's all about alternate universes. That's what I love about it. So, um okay. Let's uh I don't know. I I don't really have anything else to say about retcons. I don't know about you guys. Do you are there any like final thoughts you have about them?
1: Yeah. Um the the one caveat I want to get into is um if you're retconning a character like redoing their origins mm-hmm. and again all hate mail can uh, can be addressed to ircb at destroy the and then michael pass it oh on boy. to me but yeah. <laughs> it is perfectly fine for a white character to be retconned as a person of color or a straight character to be retconned as a gay character whatever but it's not okay to go the other way you can't yeah. you can't right. take like a right. black character and retcon them as a white guy because there is so precious little representation in comic books right now mm-hmm. and it is getting better like over the years it has certainly improved but to take one of like the nine main black characters in Marvel say and retcon them into a white guy is you know it's a 12% decrease <laughs> In. yeah it's unbelievable yeah. yeah yeah so if that upsets you feel free to at me on twitter something we can talk about it but that's just something that's true like you can't be wiping out diversity with these retcons right yeah i agree Agreed.
0: i mean speaking of that like that's i honestly love the ice man series so much more because of the whole retcon of bobby drake being being gay i it's it totally works for the character it makes everything that he does and the goofiness that he does or that he is and he says to people and stuff makes it all make sense it's so great Cena grace has been a is doing a fantastic job on that yeah that's been I can't a, plug a great it series yeah okay well i guess we can i guess we can wrap up and you guys can just you know send us emails and your thoughts and all that stuff as always where can people find you guys on the internet brian
1: uh you can find me on twitter i am at brian Head. and given recent events i should stress that i am not the ski resort In Utah, I'm the person at Brian Head.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What about you, Kate?
2: I'm at Kate Scotchless.
0: Cool. And I'm uh, at Mike Rappin on Twitter. You can follow the show at IRCB Podcast, where we retweet all sorts of stuff at all hours of the day and night. Um, We post polls every Friday, such as this week's poll, who is the fieriest, (laughs) and the results that we are seeing right now may surprise you.
1: (laughs)
2: You clickbait trash. Yeah, I was Get say out!
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want some uh, some less tempting things to look up, you can always check out our Goodreads group. We're not going to try and lure you in or anything, but you should check it out anyways. We you won't talk... believe what we're talking about on the Goodreads God group this week. Damn it, Mike!
2: <laughs> Comment number thirty-seven may surprise you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But in all seriousness, it is a, a cool community full of cool people where we talk about the show, uh, we talk about comics, we have a monthly discussion. It's it's good stuff. Just get in there, check it out, post a comment, we'll talk to you. It's great.
0: My, my favorite thing that I saw this week actually was, I think Wayland posted... <laughs> He he was referring to old man Logan by calling him, I can't believe it's not
1: Logan. That's my
0: favorite favorite thing in the
1: entire world.
2: Uh, It's so perfect.
1: Uh, You can email us other dairy-themed names for comic book characters at Uh, ircbpodcast.com. You can also visit us at our website, ircbpodcast.com. It's the official place to go for all your IRCB podcast needs.
2: And please rate, subscribe, and tell your friends about us. Whatever podcatcher you're on, wherever you are, that helps us out a lot. Uh, you can also email the show at ircb at spelled like destroy the cyborg, but with a dot. Uh, please reach out; we love talking to you. And Mike's real lonely, so you know he just, I am. just send him some love.
0: Send me some recipes. That's <laughs> apparently something that we haven't gotten yet, um, but boy, we are we are looking for some. Uh, Infinity Shred does all the music for the show. They're the absolute best band in the universe. Xander, he's a fun guy. He's a, just a fun guy. He also edits the show. So if send send us an email saying thank you, Xander, because I think he would really appreciate it. Finally, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And until next week and next time, my friends, we will check you mostly later on the Down the Road next week. Huh? Xander didn't think. Xander didn't think that I would say that, and I fucking did. <laughs> so let me actually record a proper ending. <laughs> Until next week and next time, thank you so much for listening in case he actually wants to put a fucking ending in he told me he's like he sent that to me in a telegram chat and he was like that because he's he's giving me shit about i don't know how to end the show Uh uh-huh and he was like it sounds like you're saying something like this
1: (laughs) he literally wrote that out and i was like xander i'm gonna say that on the show and he's like you fucking won't next time just open the show with just like what's up guys it's your boy mike rappin coming at (laughs) you (laughs) <laughs> smash that like button think I deserve it please like and subscribe click the bell icon like, for notifications <laughs> oh my God.
0: until next week and next time my friends we will check you mostly later on down the road next week that's that's going to be the sign off every week I'm going to memorize it <laughs>
1: So now that, it's, uh, now that it's winter time again, I'm getting a lot of notifications for the Brian Head Ski Resort on, uh, <laughs> on Twitter again. That's like my favorite thing to Google every once in a while. I got somebody, somebody tweeted something out, uh, Ski Utah tweeted something out that got uh, eight retweets and 44 likes. Nice. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but I did get notified about every single one of them. <laughs>
2: oh my god so they're accidentally they, using your twitter handle they,
1: they tagged me in it yeah
2: that's hilarious
1: and i did the hard to tell them but i did reblog or i did retweet it so. <laughs> <laughs> another another guy just posted uh like an hour ago hit me up if you want to stay in a cabin next weekend at, br- at brian head and i'm just <laughs> I'm debating so like throwing his message and be like hey I yeah do. where's the cabin? Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: See, the funniest thing about that is like when they type at Brian Head, they see the name not a ski resort, right? Yeah, as the first, like when you because t- it comes up and it's yeah. a picture of your fucking face, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, this is the best part about it.
2: Well, this is hilarious, and I did not know anything about it.
1: Um, uh, the worst part though is like the guy who posted that tweet appears to fucking suck from like what I Aww. see on his Twitter feed. Like great. One day ago he just tur- tweeted Swervo. I get it.
0: He's he's got a he's got like a hip teen, you know, Twitter from it's weird trash Twitter. And he's that, probably got like ten thousand followers and he retweets something from brands. I just read an article on BuzzFeed <laughs> News about this, so it's he, what the hip young
1: teens are doing in trash tweet decks or something. I don't know. He posted Itching to get another tat, and then followed it up with appointment set. Nice. Itching to get another tat got three retweets, and I'm like, I'm fucking furious about that right now.
0: Oh,
1: you're right though. He has he has 933 followers. Nice. He probably sells weed.
0: Yeah. (laughs) He looks like it. (laughs) This is my favorite thing brian like i honestly think like you could start a you could start like a tumblr blog that only posts during the winter months that is just like x like going into excruciating detail trying to analyze how this all came together um when
1: someone mentions you on twitter like that yeah i mean my favorite was that period of time where the actual brian head ski resort twitter account was like liking a bunch of my tweets (laughs) <laughs> what? Dude, are they have,
0: they have they offered to like buy your Twitter handle yet? No. Okay. I think I don't think it should. Maybe it's not, uh, maybe it's I'm not, not that of a ski resort. <laughs> I mean, I know that's the thing. I would like to just see how high the number would get. Yeah. Cuz I bet you they would they would start with like 500 bucks and they'd cap at like 3
1: grand. That's my guess. Yeah. I don't know. I just that—that just cracks me up. It's
0: fantastic. I do like every once in a while I'll see you tweet something and I'll be reminded of this and then just do like a general Twitter search for at Brian Head, and it's 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 great because sometimes it's usually like us talking to you and then it's just like some random person being like
1: having a great time at Brian Head with like forty
0: hashtags on it. Yeah, (laughs) like a picture of them in the snow or something. Yeah, it's like Brian's Brian's got a really interesting social life that I don't know about.